0: This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refused to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. It's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your Element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today. Welcome to another episode of the Mahoney Advanced Training Podcast. Once again, I'm going to give you six tips and tricks to make you more efficient and effective in the weight room, the boardroom, and on a football field. And we're going to give a recap of what happened at this week's Tag Team Challenge. Okay, now before we begin, I'm going to give a recap of what happened on my morning walk with Chucky. Chucky, if you don't know, is my five-pound Morky. Yeah, he's five pounds, but he thinks he's 500 pounds. He thinks he's the toughest dog on the block. He'll bark at a, a bird, a cat, a squirrel, another dog. He doesn't care. Well, anyway... Our walk ends with me performing what I would call the perfect scoop and score of Chucky and sprinting with him back into our house. So what happened? We're on our walk. We're coming to the end of our block. Our block is a dead-end block. At the end of our block, instead of a house being there, there's actually fences for houses that are facing the other way on a neighboring block. And in that backyard is another dog. I hear this dog barking. Chucky, he, uh, you know, he's a good guy, but if you draw first blood, this dog drew first blood. Chucky's going to bark back. So that dog barks at him. Chucky barks back at the dog. And then I want you to picture something like The Walking Dead or any zombie movie that you ever seen where a zombie bangs through a door, bangs his head through a door, and his only goal is to eat what's on the other side of that door. He doesn't care if that door hurts him. He doesn't care what. Doesn't know what the focus in his life, but to get through that door and eat what's on the other side of that door. That's what this dog does. He bangs his head through the fence. Then I see his uh, right paw sneak out. Then I see his left whole leg sneak out, and I'm like... This dog is coming, and when he gets through that gate, it's not going to be a sniff each other's butt session, right? This dog is going to come. He's going to try and eat my little Chucky. So I do a scoop and score. I pick up Chucky. I sprint him back into the house. Chucky is now safe. But now I'm starting to look in the mirror saying, what am I doing? Am I, am I scared of this dog? So I go back out of the house. I go look to make sure the dog is not loose roaming around our neighborhood, which he wasn't. He went back into their, their own backyard. I don't know how he got back in. I don't want to know how he got back in. But it's a legitimate concern that uh, this dog may be be coming again. So that's how my morning started. I thank my uh, eight years of football, my playing defense for that scoop and score. And Chucky, we live to fight another day. Okay, let's get into our tips and tricks. Tip number one, it's an exercise tip. Maybe it helped me with my sprinting today. So, everybody hopefully seen, at least from any speed coach, the drive your arms exercise, where either you're sitting on the floor or you are standing up, but you're basically working on your arm angles as you're sprinting. You want to put your elbow at like a 90 degree angle, you want your hands big and wide, and you're going to pump those elbows back, make sure your ears, sorry, your, your shoulders are not rising up to your ears, make sure you're not tight, and you're going to drive yourself, drive those elbows back, punch, 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 punch. Now, a nice variation of not sitting on the floor, and not standing up is to do a half kneel. So a half kneel, I have my, say, so my left knee on the floor, my uh, right. Shin is facing uh, vertical, right? It's, it's, it's straight up and down. And now I'm in a half kneel, and now I'm going to put my arms. Well, why would I want this half kneel? Because like, when you're running, your legs are never sitting right next to each other. When you're running, you're not sitting on the floor. So you're not, you're not, they're not like next to each other like you're standing, and they're also not like you're sitting on the floor. So you want to have your legs staggered like they would be while you're, while you're running. Now, it's not perfect, but it's just another step to get you closer to what it would look like while you are running. So give it a shot. Let me know what you think. All right, tip number two is the quote I am thinking about. The quote I'm thinking about is, all things that taste good are bad. I'll say that again. All things that taste good are bad. And who did I hear this from? I heard it from a Boy Scout in Metuchen, New Jersey. And How did I hear from a Boy Scout in the Touch of New Jersey? Well, I had a young Tommy Yerchik. Yes, we've been incorrectly saying his name as Jersik. It's actually Yerchik. Tommy Yerchik, he's going to be an Eagle Scout. He asked me to come this past Monday and talk to his Boy Scout group. And uh, I had to deliver them a presentation on training, sleep, breathing, nutrition, and it's a pretty wide age group. We might have like from 12 year olds to 18 year olds plus their parents. So as part of the activity what I wanted to do was make it quasi fun. So in part of nutrition I said okay we're going to take a test and you guys are going to just all scream out the answer to the test and I'm going to show you food and you're going to say good or bad. Good if it's good for you, bad if it's bad for you. Good if it's good for you, bad if it's bad for you. You got it? Yes we got it. So now I got this group of 12 year olds to 18 year olds parents watching. So the first thing I pop up, Snickers bar bad. All right. Second thing I pop up, broccoli. Good. Third thing I pop up, donut. Bad. Fourth thing I pop up, carrots. Good. Fifth thing I pop up, like a Dairy Queen ice cream sundae. Bad. And then I hear some kids say, wow, you know what I'm learning? Everything that tastes good is bad. So (laughs) I wanted to agree with them, but I don't know why I could not. I said, listen, you are right. And here's the reason why. When you start eating these processed foods, and this is a tip for you, probably not for them. When you start eating these processed foods, it it dulls your taste buds. So now, if I'm eating Dairy Queen ice cream, ice cream sundae every day, the only thing that's going to taste good to me is something like that. So if I have broccoli or cauliflower, it's not going to taste good. When you stay away from those type of foods, your taste buds become Like they get their sensation back, and now something like broccoli, I'm not going to say it's awesome, but it tastes pretty good. Something like cauliflower, tastes pretty good. So if you eat good food, most of the time, it's going to taste a lot better. And Tommy Jurczyk, thank you for the invitation. It was a great, great experience. Uh, I hope hope these kids learned as much as you have learned over these uh, last, I don't know how long you've been training with us now, but man, you've learned a lot. You've come a long way, and that's a foreshadowing to uh, what I'll talk about later. Okay, tip number three, tip number three, something I'm reading that's moved me, it is called Sprawl Ball. It is a book about basketball, so I don't know much or anything about basketball. My dad, when he was a younger guy, he coached eighth grade basketball, which may not seem like that big of a deal if you're thinking about the NBA or you're thinking about high school or college. But he coached eighth grade basketball. His team scored over 100 points in multiple games. Eighth grade basketball. Go to an eighth grade basketball game right now. They're probably scoring 30. His team scored hundreds, 100 points in multiple games. They won the New York State Championship. So I don't know much about basketball. My dad knows a lot about basketball. My nieces and nephews have played basketball. But me, I, really have ne- I never really played it formally, and I don't know much about it. But the reason I'm reading the book is because I am a data analytics guy. The author of this book is a data analytics guy who actually was a geography teacher in Harvard. And he has found a great way to make the data pretty and tell a great story. So that's like part one of it. I like that aspect of it. But in the book, what he's talking about, one of the things he's talking about very specifically is points per possession, meaning or maybe points per shot. So every time that Stephon Curry takes a shot, what are the, what's the average amount of points that he's going to get from that shot? So let's just keep it simple. Let's say he takes two shots in one game. One shot is a three-pointer and he makes it, that's three points. The second shot he misses, that's a three-pointer, it's zero points. So you could say, easily, three divided by two is 1.5, so every time Stephen Curry takes a shot, it's worth 1.5 points. Well, why does that matter? Well, what we decided to do, or what I decided to do as the data analytics guy and owner and proprietor of advanced training, is start doing points per session for our guys and our challenges. Meaning, every time a guy comes to an advanced training session, how many points is he getting from a challenge? so it's on our website right now guys can start to see am i a hard gainer that means uh, i come to every challenge and i don't get a lot of points i'm working really hard and i just got to keep chopping wood and chopping wood and chopping wood and day i'm going to break free or am i like an unreliable where i'd hardly ever come but when i do come i win and that's just like man that's just a waste of talent that's a waste of talent you hardly ever come but when you do you won so why don't you come more or am I that, that peak guy where I come all the time, and when I do come, I win? That's like the, the mecca. And right now, I'll just tell you, the highest guy we have, Joe Borechko, he's pretty much dominating everything right now. He has the most points. He's got 34 points. He has the most points per session, 3.1. So Joe Borechko, you are now the, the sprawl ball example of what's going on in advanced training. So congratulations. Okay, tip number five. Sorry, this is tip number four. It's a productivity tip. And it's, uh, the productivity tip is a tip within a tip. So here it is. So the productivity tip is never optimize a process that should not exist. I'll say that again. Never optimize a process that should not exist. It's a big waste of time. So here's a process. This is the tip within a tip. The process that I have been optimizing is cutting out an ingrown toenail in my left big toe. He say, Coach, what? what's with all the information? I don't need to know about your disgusting feet. Well, I'll tell you. These disgusting feet, all right, they have been... It have been a burden to me, Coach Mahoney, I don't know, maybe since I was 10. It started off where I had flat feet. Uh, started, it it kind of continued into me. I had eczema, so I would get rashes. My feet, like all of my body, but feet were one of them, and I just would never take my shoes off. And now I got flat feet, never take my shoes off, and guess what happens? Aside from my toes getting all crunched in, then I get an ingrown toenail. And I've told the story before as I'm walking out to Columbia. My right big toe is a terrible ingrown toenail. I can hardly walk, go to the doctor, and he gives me some, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but it burns the nerve endings in my right big toe. I don't feel anything in the front of my right big toe. Never happens on my left big toe. I've been getting ingrown toenails, but I never got that little concoction to take that pain away. So what I had done after all this pain was sometime right after college, I found a great nail clipper that would help me cut out this ingrown toenail. So rather than getting it fixed, I would just cut it out once a week, and I would basically do a medical procedure on myself once a week. Having said that, now that I am wearing these zero shoes with the big wide toe box, guess what? I have not had an ingrown toenail in a month. That's it. So not only do I feel better, now I no longer have to waste the time with this medical procedure on myself, which is probably unhealthy and unsanitary. I'm feeling so much better. So that is the tip within a tip. Never optimize a process that doesn't need to exist. I'm gonna wrap this up because we're getting a little too far into this with uh something I am experimenting with, and I'm experimenting with this in advanced training. It is allowing one of the tag teams, I won't say which one, but one of the tag teams to come up with their own challenge for the week. So this whole season, I've been coming up with the challenges myself. I've been coming up with the tag team with the individual challenge. Last week I told Joe Shalacy's team, you guys can come up with the tag team challenge. So this is what I'm experimenting with. And now we're going to segue into what happened at this weekend's tag team challenge. So Joe Shalacy's team, it's got super smart guys. Unfortunately, they can't add. So I talked about this last week, how they screw up a random weight load challenge and just could not add 155. Like They could not get 155 pounds on the sled. Anyway, this week, because of how horrible they did last week, I said, okay, you guys come up with a challenge. So it's got Shalacy, it's got... Carol, it's got Hedra, it's got Cortese, it, I'm probably missing somebody right now. Oh, it's got Weintraub, like all smart guys, work with numbers. What do we got? So these guys come up and they actually send me a diagram, a nice diagram. So we've had diagrams in the past where I've allowed people to create a challenge for the whole group. These guys are creating a tag team challenge and they show me a diagram and I love it. Like we're in, I ask a few clarifying questions and we're going to do their tag team challenge. Now having said that, there's there's always some caveats, right? I'll let the guys make the challenge. They can make the challenge, but I have to modify some things, either to, to accommodate the space we have on the field, to accommodate the field conditions, because you never know how hard a drill is going to be based on the field condition. Maybe it looks easy on paper, then you get there, and the ground is scorched earth. Or maybe it looks hard on paper, and then you get there, and the ground is wet, and now this prowler push is a, is a joke, right? And I have to look out for injuries on the field. I don't want somebody getting hurt. And we have to make sure that one drill flows into another so that it's not taking six hours to set up and break down. Having said that, here is their challenge. Uh, I'm going to tell you the modifi- how I modified it and why. So the challenge is each team, there's three teams, what they're going to do is they're going to have people run 75 yard, a 75-yard sprint. Whichever guy comes in last, their team's eliminated, and they are not allowed to qualify for, sorry to compete in the tag team head-to-head challenge. So it's pretty cool. So it's kind of like uh, if you're like, in the Olympics and there's a heat, and you have to qualify to get into the actual Olympics, this was it. So I agree to that part, except I don't make it a 75-yard sprint. Why? Well, one, I was concerned about the room. And two, at least in my experience, we allowed one 40-yard dash in advanced training history. And when we did, Nick Carroll tweaked his hamstring. Why? It's, just, it's tough. When guys are racing a person, and they're not in a track event, and they do what we do, you, try to, you overextend, you overcompensate for this race, you probably extend your leg out too much, and bang! Your hamstring will blow out, especially when you get to that top-end speed portion. So what I did is I shortened the race down to 30 yards, and I had the guys start from the ground. Why did I do that? Because my hope was is by the time they picked themselves up off the ground, got themselves into it, even the acceleration phase, they probably were at 10 yards, and then they only had 20 yards to go, and they never would ever hit top-end speed with the chance of risking an injury. So each team, I tell them, you pick one guy. You pick one guy, you're going to go in this 30-yard sprint. And I threw in a little twist that apparently Shalacy's team knew I was going to do. I said if you lose the sp- if you win, sorry. <laughs> the guy that you use in the sprint is not allowed to compete in the tag team challenge. So pick carefully. Pick carefully because if maybe your fastest guy might also be your best guy for the next part of this challenge. So think about who you want to put in. So step 1, you got to make the challenge. Step 2, you got to win that challenge without that extra guy or that good guy in your group. So Chalace's team they pick Cort- Cortesi, Speed Demon. Uh, Marechko's team, they picked Galley super fast. Deradita's the, team, they put up Rob Wallin. Rob so Wallen has definitely become much faster. Uh, but he's not the most fleet of foot guy that we have. He's, he's true, I'd say he's, like, 10x'd his productivity levels in advanced training. And I'm super proud of how fast he's become. But in my mind, he wasn't gonna stand a shot against these other two guys. So, what that team did have, and I'm, I'm trying to think through their reasoning, they get a new phenom. So the newest slash oldest—I wouldn't say oldest—a new member who's not a new member at all. Sean Mulligan comes back. He is now on this team. If you don't know Sean Mulligan, just think about like what a superhero looks like. That's what this guy looks like. He's wearing like a tight shirt today. His arms are banging out. Basically, it's like Captain America, right? He's on that team. And Sean's like, I can compete with those two other guys, put me in. And his team says no. Now, I'm guessing they said no because they want Sean Mulligan in the tag team event, right? But I, I think I would have went the other way. Rob, Rob Wallen's been doing great in the tag team events. Just keep him in the tag team event, and now you don't have to have him in the sprint. Anyway, you kind of get where I'm going with this. Rob Wallen loses. Galli and Cortese are pretty much neck and neck at this race, and now... Rob and Joe Dardita, your team is out. You guys are done. And now we're going to get into the tag team event with Joe Morechko's team and Shalasi's team. Now, you're, re- you're remembering Joe Morechko's team, the Junkyard Dogs. They just keep winning and winning and winning. But now we have a good matchup with Shalasi's team, who I've been labeling as the Unreliables. And if you've been listening, I said this team, if everybody actually shows up, they might have the most talented team there. They got Cortesio, I already talked about, was super smart, super fast. You got Nick Carroll, who has also 10x his productivity and maybe one of the best sled pullers there. Unfortunately, Nick Carroll wasn't there. So I think he helped design this challenge, but he had something else he had to do. You got Weintraub, a.k.a. The Future. He's one of two people, maybe three, that has been undefeated in challenges since this thing started. And he's been just smoking people in head-to-head events. And you got Shalasi, who I would say was supposed to be a top two or three guy last year in our our challenges, so this is like a pretty stacked team, and then we got Billy Hezra. This is his first year doing it, but he's getting better and better and better. And I think I talked about uh, he looks like groundskeeper Willie. Maybe that was our motto, but either way, Billy Hezra is also jacked up, and he looks like he's a bouncer at some club right now. He's got tattoos all over the place. So he got this team of just hungry guys. So they developed the challenge. They specifically thought about the challenge, and they, I said, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that sprint thing first? They said, okay, we wanted to knock out one team. We knew we'd win with Cortesi, so now we put ourselves in the final round, and their thought was they knew they said they knew i was going to make a guy sit out so they thought well maybe the other team we can get one of their best players out of the competition and boy was it a brilliant tactic because it did now you take tom galley the phenom he's one of the the two guys that are undefeated tom galley 10 and 0 2.7 points per session he's he won that race but now he is out of this tag team challenge so what is the tag team challenge so again it's a 30-yard sprint with a guy on. The, so a guy starts with his foot face on the sideline. He's going to get up, and he's going to sprint 30 yards across the field. Once he gets to that 30 yards, there's going to be a guy sitting on a bucket, not holding a chain. When he gets, he's going to go, he's going to tag that guy. That guy's going to pick up a chain, which at the other end of this 20-yard chain is attached to the sled. And on that sled is 245s and 450s. If you could do the math quickly, a random weight load that's 190 pounds on that sled. So that person is going to pull that sled into their feet. When they're done pulling it up to their feet, they're going to get up off that sled, sprint to another guy who's standing right next to but not on sliders. They tag that guy, he's going to put his feet on those sliders, and he's going to slide 20 yards back to the sideline where that sled started. Then he's going to, once he gets up from that slider, He's going to get up, and he's going to tag another guy who's laying on the ground with his nose on the floor, and he's going to sprint 20 yards back to a cone at the same length where that bucket started. So this is the drill. Now, the first team, they they lost a guy, and I think they only had three guys left, so three of them had to compete in this drill. And so he had Hezra, who actually had to go twice. He had to do the first 30 yard sprint to start the drill off. He's going to tag Weintrop. Weintrop is sitting on the bucket. Weintrop, after he's done with the bucket, is going to tag Shalacy. And then Shalacy is going when he's done with his sliders, then Shalacy is going to tag Hezra again, who's going to run another 20 yards. And, you know, Hezra starts it off, boom, like he's shot out of a cannon, sprints his 30 yards, tags Weintrop, and then the future just completely and totally dominates this bucket pool. Bang, 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 bang. Done. As soon as he's done, he goes up, he tags Shalacy. Shalacy's flying with a slider, almost loses a slider. Somehow, like, regroups, puts the slider back under his foot, gets up, bang! He goes and tags Hezra. bang! Hezra's done, 39 seconds. Great time. But you could, what we learned is you can never, ever, ever count out these junkyard dogs. Well, they Sometimes they have two guys, and they beat a team of five guys. So the junkyard dogs go, Marech go, he's the sprinter. He gets up, he's already shown how fast he is. He gets up, he sprints his 30 yards, he gets to the sled, Bang! He tags, I, be, I believe it's Youngblood. Youngblood does a sled pull. Bang. He gets up. He goes and he tags Baraji. Baraji does the sliders. Bang. He gets up. He tags Strange. Sprint, Strange prints that last 10 yards. They finish in, I believe it's 42 seconds. So the winner is now, for the first time in many weeks, it is now the Unreliables. They win. So now the tag team challenge is done for the day. The Odd reliables get their win. Cortese and Weintraub, these guys are now solidified as having playoff berths. So now the five and six seeds are, are pretty much set. I wouldn't say they might. These guys are going to definitely be five and six seeds, but they're definitely in the playoffs. And now it gets to the head-to-head challenges. So we have, now we have multiple guys that are left because the Junkyard Dogs, they, they've been winning, so they have guys that can compete in these head-to-head challenges. So we say this is going to be a double elimination day. So the first group they pick is Mulligan versus Strange. They put him to the test. Strange is part of the Junkyard Dogs. One more loss, and he's out of head-to-head competitions. Mulligan is brand spanking new. So, okay, let's, let's throw him to the Wolves. So here's the challenge. It is a 20-yard sprint back. Sorry, it's a 20-yard sprint, and you're going to make a sharp left, and you're going to do the same exact seated sled pull drag that was just done at the tag team event. And then you're gonna, after you're done, you're going to sprint over to sliders, which are about five yards away, and you're going to slider 20 yards. That's the drill. So, Strange goes first, and look, this guy, he when he first started training with us, he was absolutely terrible at sliders. He like was puking profusely at like, a 10-yard slider. So, I was like, this I don't know if he's going to make it. Like, how, I don't know if he's going to actually finish this drill. He's a big dude. He's an extremely gifted dude. He's got great feet. He's a great basketball player, but he's big. So, how, how is he going to finish these 20-yard sliders if he's been puking before this? Uh, anyway... He did awesome. Like I think most impressive thing I saw all day was how great Strange did. He finishes in 57.5 seconds. Now, I'm going to skip to the punchline because Captain he's going against Captain America and Captain America gets it in 46.8 seconds. Sorry, 0.2 seconds with a 2 second penalty because he knocked over my cone so he gets it in 48 seconds. You see, like, hey, Strange got smoked. In a way he got smoked, but this is it's a more of Strange versus Strange than Strange versus Mulligan. And for Strange, the fact that he Did it in under a minute, and he finished those sliders without puking, without whining. He did puke afterwards, but he finished, and he finished strong. It wasn't like he was laying on the floor and couldn't get back up uh, during the drill. Like He he did great, so I'm starting to think that this guy is going to become a massive contender once he is consistent in his showing up and in his training. Once he gets there, he's got the, the... the God-given gifts to be great, it's just a matter of what he's going to do with it. And t- that was a big step for me uh, to, like in terms of believing in him what he can do. I think it was a big step for him. Another side note is after this was done, we had, we'd worked on some PowerPoints. And Strange, one of the things he did, and this is, again, after being smoked from that event, he had to throw a, a reverse med ball overhand throw, and he threw the ball 15 yards. So that's the second highest of anyone in our the 17 guys in events training. It's the second highest yardage of anyone. So he's got the power. Now it's just a matter of does he have the will to keep showing up over and over again and keep driving down these numbers. So Mulligan comes first day, at first day at advanced training or first day back at advanced training. One session, one win. Now he's got three points. This guy's hoping he could sneak into the playoffs either with some team wins or some individual wins. But right now he's currently a 1-0. So good job, Mulligan. Welcome back. Then we get to the next head-to-head challenge. So they pick. Joe Borechko, that is our point leader, the number one seed, and they put him against the young Tommy Yurchek. And then we say, all right, who do you want to go first? They pick Borechko. So Borechko goes, and uh, he just does great. He finishes in 44.8 seconds. 44.8 seconds. So, you know, as fast as uh, Captain America Sean Mulligan was, Borechko M- beats him. In two seconds. He, beats, he has two seconds on this guy, and every, obviously every second matters. So I'm like, okay, this, is, this should probably be an easy win for Marechko because he's going against Youngblood. Youngblood has never really done anything this long by himself because his team's mostly been winning. He's had a couple of head-to-head challenges, but they've never been this long. So Youngblood goes, and I know Marechko's faster than him, but Youngblood is starting to s- completely and totally smoke the sled pull, and now it's becoming interesting. Right, young is smoking the sled pull. So Marechko, he had him on the sprint, but young blood smokes him on the sled pull, similar to last week where young blood uh, had lost the sprint to Cortesi, but now he smoked him on the prowler push. So young blood smokes the sled pull. He gets to the sliders and he's struggling a little bit, but he's pretty much going at the same pace Marechko was. They're like second for second. He's on pace to beat Marechko. So Marechko got 44.8. I see Tommy's feet crossing the line at about 42 seconds. But it's not when your feet crosses the line at advanced training. It's when your full body crosses the line at advanced training. And he get, he gets his knees through the line. He gets his hips through the line. gets his shoulders through the line. And then he kind of just very slowly, very, very slowly stops and pulls himself up. And because he does that, he loses by one second. If he just went full body through that line, if he slid through that line, he probably beats by a by a second. But he ends up losing by a second. He actually took about two seconds to get his... It's a long body, but it was a long, tired body that he just – if he kept pushing himself through that line, he would have won. And then he would have won. He not only would have won, he would have given Mareczko his second loss. so He would have been out of these head-to-head challenges. And because this was Jer- Jurczyk's second loss, he is now out of the head-to-head challenges. So that that's a big two seconds. That two seconds means a lot. So I told Tommy, if you just finished through, you would have won. And he looked like he was heartbroken. So after the training, I said, "Tom, listen. This might be the best thing that ever happened to you. Because I'm going back to, I believe it was the tough man of, uh, maybe it was 2018. Let me look for the results right here. Might have been 2018. Nope. Might have been 2019. Give me a second, people. I'm looking up the numbers right now. It was the tough man of 2019 where Joe Trunzo, was. he finished the tough man, and he basically did something similar, not the same, that Yurchik did. He finishes with sliders, and he doesn't go full body through the line and he loses the tough man event by not one second by .2 seconds and it haunted him it haunted him for two years where he ended up winning the tough man in 2020 and 2021 so two years in a row after that he won the tough man because he lost that tough man in 2019 so young blood your check. Let's see what you're going to do because that a, that's a big event, man. You're going head-to-head with the number one seed. You're a young guy. You're the only college guy we got in the – pro. sorry, the only high school guy we got in the program right now. You're going against a veteran who's been dominating, and you lose to yourself. The question is, how are you going to respond? All right, people, that is this week's wrap-up. Wish Chucky luck on his next walk. Talk to you soon. This episode is brought to you by Zero Shoes, a company that is perfectly named. Why? Because when you're wearing their shoes, you feel like you're walking around completely and totally barefoot, a.k.a. like you're not wearing any shoes, a.k.a. like you are wearing zero shoes. Now, we've all heard the benefits of barefoot training, but who wants to walk into a gym without any shoes on your feet? First of all, it's gross, and second of all, it's disgusting. Now, the other benefits of Zero Shoes is not only are they functional, but they're also fashionable. Fashionable. So, you've seen many a time people walk in the gym with these minimalist shoes and they look like a freak. Not with Zero Shoes. You're going to blend right in. Also, they have a wide toe box so that your toes are not all scrunched together in the front like they normally are with any standard training sneaker or cleat. Now, to get your shoes, go to zeroshoes.com slash go slash MahoneyAT. Again, that's zeroshoes.com slash go slash AT. And that zero is spelt with an X. It is X-E-R-O. Again, I'll say it again. It's X-E-R-O. Get your zero shoes today.